When you're talking about the MLB trade deadline, there's three things in my mind that need to happen for the Washington Nationals. I'll tell you what that is after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Clary. You can catch me over on Twitter at RyanClary11 for all your Nationals content. You can also follow the show page at LO underscore Nationals. And of course, we are brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every single day day later on in today's program we're going to discuss this brewers national series as the nationals they're going up against corbin burns tonight and jake Irvin, the rookie is on the mound it's going to be a tough game we'll preview that series a little bit later on it's a monday it's a national stock report day so we're going to get you up to date on the best and the worst individual performances over the last week to two weeks or even three weeks or so. Depending on which player it is, I try to give them a decent sample size when talking about individual performances. But let's start off here because the trade deadline is officially tomorrow night. And if you're watching this or if you're listening to this, first off, thank you. And second off, you may ask, why is it up at midnight on Monday morning or whatever you want to call it, Sunday night or Monday morning? And it's because you don't want anything out of date. And I think Nationals fans will really want to hear through these things because it got a little sticky over the weekend. Mike Rizzo went on SiriusXM and kind of alluded to the fact that Jamer Candelario has about eight different teams right now in on him. And we know that Jamer Candelario is always going to be the number one guy for this Nationals to shop come this deadline. It's going to happen. No chance. There is not a single chance out there that he is a Washington National come Wednesday. I'm sorry, but that's just what it is. So we talk about this in the first segment. There are three guys and three things in my mind where I will be a little upset if these three trades do not happen. And at number one, it's J.M.R. Candelario. I'll just rip the Band-Aid off right then and there. We all know he's going to get traded, and you're going to get something decent in return. But some some people may ask you, well, why don't you want to keep him? It's not the fact that J-Mare is a bad player. No one's saying that out there. In fact, I would love to have J-Mare Candelario for the future. But when you talk about the future of this baseball team, of this Nationals team, the Major League roster, and the farm system going forward, is J-Mare Candelario really part of that picture? And then, oh, by the way, for all the people out there who always say, well, Lane Thomas, his expected batting average and expected slugging is a little bit higher than what it probably should be meaning he's a little bit of a lucky hitter at this moment in time. Jamer Candelario is sort of in the same boat. Now, the numbers aren't similar in that stretch of the imagination. But Jamer Candelario last year, he was not picked up by the Detroit Tigers, the Detroit Tigers, for a reason this offseason. The Nationals signed him hoping that he would have this breakout season, and guess what he did. So some people may be upset of the fact that you won't re-sign J-Mare Candelario. You won't extend him. You, you were going to trade him. That was always going to be the plan, even if it blew up in your face. 
Jamer Candelario was signed to this team, hoping to the good heavens that he would turn it around. And he did. Not only at the plate, where his slugging has skyrocketed, his on-base has gone up, his hard-hit percentage has gone up, but his defense has taken a massive step up, a huge step up, in fact, because last year he was one of the worst third basemen in Major League Baseball. By the numbers, he was. But I remember this tweet so well from Mark Zuckerman over in spring training because I went into spring training thinking that J-Mayer was not going to be for long at third base. I thought Carter Keyboom or Jake Lou would come in and sweep that position up. But obviously, I was wrong. Candelario has been awesome. Switch hitter, power from both sides. He's been a really good defender as well. But Zuckerman said that J-Mark Candelario is a much better third baseman than what people may think, just from watching him taking reps in spring training. And I was kind of like, ah, come on. Do you really think that? Are we really going to be taking these reps over in spring training and saying, this guy's going to be a stud infielder? I was wrong. And he was uh, absolutely right. Candelaria at this moment in time is your prize package. That is the guy that you will be shipping off and you'll be getting your best prospect in return. There is someone in this picture, I'm sure you could imagine who, who also could be traded. I'll get to that just a little bit later on. But Jamer Candelario is gone, and I think if the Nationals were to not move him at this moment in time, what are we doing? That is the blatant wrong decision to do. So Mike Rizzo, he's going to be answering calls. Jamer Candelario is not going to be a National anymore, and whatever you do, it doesn't matter what team. If it's an NL East team or if it's an AL East team, it does not matter. You get the best prospect in return. I don't care about an interdivision trade. I don't care about it because he's still going to be a free agent this offseason, and teams are going to be wanting him. So trade him for the best prospect no matter what, and don't look back. Second one, and now this, some people may disagree with as well. Ildemaro Vargas, at this moment in time, from what Ildemaro Vargas has to play, displayed defensively, just look at his defensive metrics in general, and look at the positions and the really all-time value that he has been playing at so far over the last year for this Nationals ball club. He's played second base. He's played third base. He's played shortstop. He's played the corner outfield spots, and he does it all well. And then also, if you look at his numbers at the plate, he's around average. He's around average at every basic category there is with batting average, with OBP, slugging. His OPS is up there. His strikeout rate isn't out of this world. Ildemaro Vargas is your key contributor at this deadline to where a team could be looking to add some utility defense depth. Now, some people may say, well, it's not the old National League anymore. You don't really make the substitutions the way that we did pre-pandemic. Now you have the DH and the NL, and you're totally right in that sense. But injuries happen. And if you were to have a utility infielder and an outfielder all in one with Ildemaro, and oh, also, he's a switch hitter. This guy is going to have value come this deadline. Now, it's not going to be some crazy return. It's not going to be any prospect that we've ever heard of, we're being honest. But what is his future here in D.C.? Because his ceiling is that utility infielder depth. What kind of role does that play now when you have younger guys who could be in that role down the line, like a Jeter Downs, 
kind of your infielder utility guy who was also a former top prospect, one of the main prospects in that Mookie Betts deal back in the day. That is the kind of market that the Nationals should be in when you're talking about Ilamara Vargas. you got to be having your eyes and your options all open. And if you ask yourself this, is Ildemaro Vargas's value at this moment in time is as high as it'll probably ever be? Yes, it is. Because he could easily fall down in the gutter and not be a good hitter anymore. He could take a step back defensively and come next deadline, you may be hosed. But not in this scenario. He has proven himself this season and over the course of the last year that he is valuable for defense and also at the plate. Like I said, average numbers, if you're going to be that big of a utility guy in the infield and as well as the outfield, what teams won't want to use that come this deadline? Because if you remember the Washington Nationals, Estrubal Cabrera, while he was used at second base majority 100% of the time in that 2019 season, he was DFA'd by the Texas Rangers. The Nationals scooped him up. That is kind of your utility depth that you're looking for when it comes to infielders or even outfielders. But even then, in this situation, it's different because he does both, and he does them both at a high level. That is why Ilomaro Vargas, if it was up to me, he'd be gone this deadline. And then also another one, third one who needs to be gone come this deadline because he does not fit in the future whatsoever. Left-handed back, Corey Dickerson. Now again, you may ask, what are we going to get for him in return? He has not been good for the Washington Nationals. What makes you think he'd be good with the Houston Astros or whichever team out there that needs a left-handed bower bat? You're right. You probably wouldn't get much in return, but then also, eyes on the prize. You have James Wood coming up hopefully sometime this September. If it's not him, you have plenty of other prospects to come up and play in that left-handed role. And even then, you could get something in return that is a ready Major League left-handed bat. Maybe you do get that. Maybe you get that kind of low-time prospect who might at best be a utility guy. That is the kind of market that the Nationals should be in when you're discussing Ildemar Vargas and Corey Dickerson. Because let me reiterate these thoughts. This deadline is still about the future. Now, while, yes, we have been playing better baseball over the last month, we had that stretch in May where we were around 500 for the entire month. That's not here. And that is not now. We're still one of the worst teams in the National League. I'm sorry, but it is what it is. The record does not lie. You still have holes that you need to fill. And if you remember this, I have to remember this. I I tell myself this every single day when I wake up. Mike Rizzo traded John bleeping Lester for Lane Thomas, the Nationals MVP of last year's season, literally the MVP. And this year, he's probably going to be the MVP as well. That is why you have to keep your eyes on the prize because you never know what you're getting back in return. Lane Thomas, when he was traded to us in 2021, he was good off the bat for us. His numbers showed that, his slugging was up, his average was up there, his defense was still good. You never know what you will get in return, even if you trade a washed-up veteran like that, like a Corey Dickerson. So when you're trading Ildemaro Vargas or Corey Dickerson or even Dominic Smith, trust Mike Rizzo and what he does. Because in those trades, that is kind of where he has struck gold as of recent. And I want to do that again because the Nationals, it ain't win-now mode. 
It's win in the future mode. And this is what teams do. You move off pieces that are not glued in to your starting lineup day in and day out. It's about the youth movement, and we're only starting to see the beginning of it here in Washington, D.C. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nats your first listen. The Nationals play the Brewers tonight at 7.05 Eastern time, and it's Corbin Burns versus Jake Irvin. I'm going to preview that coming up around the 22-minute mark, but you can catch every pitch of the Nationals' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. Before we get into the National Sock Report, because it is a Monday, I always got to do this. I got to get everyone up to date on the individual performances that really matter most because, come on, let's be honest. Wins ain't coming in the win column. They're coming in the young players column. And boy, do we have some good young players on this Nationals team. I'm going to tell you guys about that. But before we do that, let me tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. And guys, take your first swing at betting MLB FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over slash under to who you think it is going to be the first home run. All in an app that's safe and secure and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. And now let's get into a Nationals stock report as it's been a big week for this Nationals team. The trade deadline is manana. You got a ton of different stuff coming on. And really, C.J. Abrams, come on. You think I'm going to lead him off for the third straight week on this National stock report? Well, if you're betting against that, you're damn wrong. Stock up for C.J. Abrams. Over his last 15 games, he's got a 300, 300 batting average, a 368 on base percentage, and a 517 slug. I love the slugging percentage when it comes to CJ percentage. And that is kind of what I'm really talking about when it comes with Abrams. I want to see the growth and the development of these extra base hits. I want to see him utilize his wheels, which, oh, he did that in yesterday's ball game. Three stolen bases. C.J. Abrams has now stolen 21 consecutive bases without being caught. That is matched with Trey Turner for the longest active streak of stolen bases without being caught during the 2023 season. Listen, we talked about it last week with C.J. It's starting to really come into fruition. If you were to ever, if you were ever part of the Trey Turner C.J. Abrams comparisons, it's starting to come to life. And honestly. I I saw the talent. When you look at C.J. Abrams, you see what he does best. You ask yourself this. Do they have the same tools when they were young? They do. And now you're starting to see it on paper. You're starting to see him do it in games. And oh, just an FYI, this season C.J. Abrams has been better defensively and he's been better offensively. He's just been the better overall player than Trey Turner at this moment right now against the Philadelphia Phillies. It's as simple as that. C.J. Abrams is starting to take form and also his defensive play over the weekend against the Mets, the double play heard around the world. Oh my God, this guy is out of this world at this moment in time. And if it was up to me, I'd talk about him 30 minutes every day, but I can't. 
Stock down. Gotta give a stock down to someone, and it's Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas, over his last 58 at-bats, has a 190 batting average, a 254 on-base percentage, and a 345 on a slugging percentage, and with 17 strikeouts in those 58 at-bats. And in yesterday's ball game, he got a rare day off against the New York Mets. And that kind of wasn't too surprising when it came to me when you're going up against Justin Verlander. A lot of people, including myself, when I first saw the lineup, was like, did we just trade Lane Thomas? But no, they gave him the day off because everyone loves to talk about it. He is not that great against right-handed pitching. Oh, man, just like half the other major league players who aren't good against their same side of throwing, whatever it may be. That's fine. But Lane Thomas has not been good. He's kind of been in this slump over the last 15 games or so, really the last two weeks, ever since his name was really kind of perked up in that all-star competition. Because we all talked about Lane Thomas wanting and really needing to be a major league all-star. He never got that nod. Since then, he's kind of fallen off just a little bit when it comes to his production. But again, not overly concerned when it comes to Lane Thomas. He's still been great. No one should be upset. Lane Thomas, you're doing just fine, babe. Just keep doing your thing. We love you. Stock up. Four, you may ask, I want to talk about him, Riley Adams. The backup catcher should no longer be the backup catcher. No, he should not be the starting catcher. I'm not saying that, but you got to find a way to get this guy at bats because really it's been all year. Riley Adams, the entire season, since the month of April all the way through July, which we are at July 31st at this moment in time. He's got a 679 slugging in his last seven games. And that's just his last seven games. His slugging overall for the season has been out of this world. A 900-plus OPS. This guy's been great. How many more times do we have to say? And they have been listening a little bit more often now, but Riley Adams has to find a way to get more at-bats. Whatever it may be. If you remember last year, Riley Adams was sent down in AAA for one reason, and it was to figure out that first base position. That was also kind of the sign of the times when you're trading away Josh Bell and you don't really have many better options than Joey Manessis. So Riley Adams, we've kind of abandoned that at this moment in time. Ryan Zimmerman was in the clubhouse, I believe, last week. I kind of wonder if he was working with Riley Adams over at first base. We never really got to see what that was. But I kind of wonder if that's what they're trying to do because the Nationals recognize it. They've been getting Riley Adams more at-bats over the last month and two. It's got to be more now. Just because of what this guy has done with his small sample size, let's have him play four to five times a week, get him 12 to 15 at-bats per week, and see what the kid can do. Because he's proven something to us. He can hit for power. He can hit for average. Now, is this going to be a consistent thing that he can do over the course of a 162-game season? There's only one way to find out, and that's to get him playing time. And at this moment in time, you'd be crazy to say that he doesn't deserve the playing time that he has been getting and that he should be getting over this season. Stock down. Stock down. Andres Machado. When we brought up Andres Machado yet again, I believe back in May, I asked everyone, what are we doing? What are we doing? Because Andres Machado, over his last seven and third innings pitch, not only has he given up 14 hits, he's given up 11 earned runs in that stretch as well. Listen, this Nationals bullpen has been a disaster. 
We all know it. We've seen it. We watched this team however many games we've played this year. Probably over 100. The bullpen is a disaster of epic proportions. I thought it was going to be great this year. I was so, so, so wrong. Andres Machado, though, what's the point? Just what is the point of it? I mean, I don't want to say anything mean. There's nothing really great to be said just because of the fact that he goes out there and he gets shelled. And it's not just been this year. It's been over the course of multiple years at this moment in time. I'm sorry. Stock down for Andres Machado yet again. Stock up. The catchers, you guys have been hot. Kibet Ruiz, over his last 55 at-bats, he has a 345, 383, and a 527 slash. Kibet Ruiz, he has these moments of time where you're like, it's starting to click. Over the first two to three weeks of the season, you're like, oh yeah, Kibet Ruiz has arrived. He falls in that little slump, and then he comes back out, he hits really well again, his numbers are inflated, and then he comes back down. Now he's riding back that hot streak yet again, and he just needs to find a way to stay consistent because I've noticed it with Key Bear. He's been on the, the stock up and as well as the stock down plenty of different times this season, both sides of the plate as well. Not literally, but figuratively. When I mean both sides, he's been on the stock up side and the stock down side. He needs to find a way to just find some consistency with his, with his at-bats. His defense has been erratic every now and then, but when you're looking at him at the plate, I still believe in Kiber Ruiz fully, even behind the dish and what this guy does. He is a solid defensive catcher. He just hasn't showed it this year. And for whatever reason, he has regressed behind the plate. Now his hitting it hasn't really regressed. It's definitely progressed. I've noticed a lot better things this year. I've noticed a lot better at bats and him really not being out in the count. And if it's an 0-2 count, I still feel comfortable with him at the dish. But he's got to be better. He does. He's got to be more consistent, and that's really what it comes down to. But again, he's signed. He's extended here for what seems like the next decade. That's a perfectly fine deal, even if he stinks. So we'll just see what that does. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nats your first. Listen, the Nationals play the Brewers tonight at 7.05 Eastern time. You can catch Corbin Burns and as well as rookie sensation. That was a joke. Jake Irvin, catch every pitch of the Nationals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. And before we preview this series, actually, you're going to hear from the sponsors first, and then we're going to preview the Nationals Brewers series after this. Now let's get back into it as the Nationals and the Brewers are headed to Nationals Park tonight. And it's going to be a good series, in my opinion, because the Brewers right now, as we sit here today, they're in a divisional fight with that red hot or red, red hot over the last two months, you could still say. But that exciting, really fun Cincinnati Reds team to watch. They need to win every game as it gets. It's going to be August come tomorrow. These teams need to get wins and they need to pile them up real quick. So what are the keys for this series? Well, when you're going up against Corbin Burns, and while some people may say Corbin Burns hasn't really been the same, when you're going up against Max Scherzer, it's still Max Scherzer. Corbin Burns has a 3-4-6 ERA this season. If that's not the same, yeah, you're probably right. I'm sorry he doesn't have a sub-3 ERA. 
But if you still have a 3-4-6 ERA and it's a down year for him, he's still good and he's still above average. This is still Corbin Burns that you're going to have to be worried about in tonight's ballgame. But good for the Nationals. Jake Irvin, while the numbers may not show it, he has improved over the course of this season. And in my mind, over his last two starts, he had one start in there that was really impressive in my mind. Jake Irvin is just going to have to, one, limit the walks. We know what this does. We know what this young pitching, and really this young pitching staff, you may ask, Ryan, you say this every day, because that's just what it is. You have to find your command. You have to find the zone. And when you're a rookie like Jake Irvin, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. If the ball is on the black and you're going up against Christian Yelich or whoever it may be in the box, guess what? The vet is probably going to get that call 10 out of 10 times. And it really goes for all of our young pitchers. They just don't have the respect of major league umpires. And if you don't really know what, if you're saying, oh, that's a bunch of bogus, it is. But if it's a 50-50 call, it's not going to the rookie. So when you're talking about command, when you're talking about keeping guys on base, Jake Irvin's still in that spot. He has to figure out a way to put all these different things together and make beautiful music. When he does do that, then that's when we could actually start talking about Jake Irvin being a starter down the line. But against Corbin Burns tonight, this national team is going to have to hit, and they're going to have to hit a lot. Because this Brewers bullpen, it goes deep. They have guys, and the Milwaukee Brewers, they've developed pitching almost as really as good as anyone out there. When talking about the Dodgers and as well as the Braves who are in that conversation, the Astros have done it very well over the years. They kind of revamped Justin Verlander's career. But yeah, you got to go up tonight, then bats have got to be swinging, and Jake Irvin, he's going to have to find his command, and he's going to have to find it early on to have a chance against a stud like Corbin Burns. Before we head out tonight, Nationals fans, if you're still here, first off, thank you. And second off, how about the New York Mets trading away Max Scherzer? My God, I did not expect that to come. I really didn't. I truly did not expect that at all. If you were to ask me a week ago that they'd be trading away Max Scherzer, I wouldn't believe it. I really would not believe it. And if you remember that crossover I did with Ethan Smith, and Lindsey Crosby, I threw the Mets in there as still competitors. I did not think that they were going to sell. But as we've seen, they've sold David Robertson to the Miami Marlins. And you may ask, that's the team that they're competing against. And then also, you now trade away Max Scherzer, and it sounds like more is going to come as Justin Verlander has been rumored around to be in trade talks as well. But Max Scherzer, he's now a Texas Ranger all the way through 2024 because he picked up that option. But even then, it's still a little bit of a shaky contract when it comes to Max Scherzer. That's a different conversation for a different day. But it is noteworthy. The Mets did get Ronald Acuna's little brother, who, oh, has 40 stolen bases so far this season. And he also has some power potential in there as well. And he's still very young. So the New York Mets, they got themselves a great prospect with someone who, obviously with Ronald Acuna, who should be the National League MVP this season. It's going to be an interesting one, but man, the Mets. See, this is why money doesn't doesn't buy wins. And it's always been that way. And if you look at the Orioles and you look at the Rays and what they've done, the Atlanta Braves and what they've done, they've spent money, 
but not as much as those other teams like the Mets and the Yankees. Those teams kind of falling apart. The Nationals play the Brewers tonight at 7.05 Eastern time with Corbin Burns and Jake Irvin in that pitching duel. Catch every pitch of the Nationals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM and the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. I will catch you guys on the flip side. And again, the show is coming out right now at midnight because you never know what Mike Rizzo could be lurking around at midnight tonight and really at 3 a.m. in the morning. He could pull a trade. It's going to be in your inbox shortly before then. Have a good one, guys. Go Nats. I'll have all your trades covered here per usual right after it happens. Go Nats. Please make the right decisions.